Episode 1080, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. In Nashville, Tennessee, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Derek is still in LA. He's with his wife celebrating an anniversary, I believe. Uh, so he won't be with us uh, today. But guess who is with us today? Who came back yesterday, last night, from Uganda. Please welcome back author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey guys. Ooh, How are you not asleep right now? You traveled from Uganda yesterday. Well, listen, let me tell you how I'm not asleep is I, I mean I got up early. I'll be asleep by like four today. That's that's what will happen. Mm. Yeah, coming coming west is always easier than going east to me on the jet. Yeah, line. it was it was a great trip. I went with an organization that is out of Fort Worth called Therefore Gathering. They put on teen conferences. We did one in Uganda partnering with Amazama, Katie uh, Davis Majors. She's awesome. We partnered with her school and then we went and saw Bob Goffs, one of his safe houses there in Uganda. So we partnered with them. And then one more organization, Rescue One More. A lot of uh, safe houses we visit. So it was really, 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 really great. But I'm telling you, I was so happy to be home. My bed last night, it's the best it's ever felt in my entire life. How long was the trip? <laughs> yeah, how long was the trip? I'm t- okay, I was acting like I'm gone for months. I was gone for 10 days, you guys. Still, that's, it's not that long. That's a long time. But it's 10 days not in your own bed. Ten, I know. 10 days, 10 days is, is a, I, I think five days is. Is your max? That, well, well that, that's when a trip is really a trip, right? Mm. Like. You know, uh, otherwise we're in long weekend territory. Once you hit that five, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, long weekend in Uganda. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's just, yeah. But but ten days. I mean, you're you're reprogrammed to a whole new routine at that point. You know, whole new, a- right? Yeah. Exactly. So I get it, Jamie. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. I, after. I, I think it's awesome you got to spend ten days there because, like, up until COVID, like my international travel was like because of co-parenting very truncated. So like I would literally fly to Morocco for two days or fly to Rome for two days or fly to Africa for two or three days and then come Mm -hmm. back. And that is exhausting. So the fact that you got to settle in and, you know, spend time. Well, full disclosure, 10 days includes travel as well. So, you know, you you travel for, you know, like it feels like 48 hours. Like Mm -hmm. I got home last night, our plane, well, Planes got delayed. I had to fly to Houston, rent a car, drive home, got home at like 630 and realized I've been up for like 48 hours. I mean, it's just yeah. terrible. Do you sleep on planes? Not very well. Yeah, me neither. I'm back there in the back, you know, with the regular people. So I wasn't laying down. I know sometimes you guys travel, you get to lay down, go to sleep, which is a whole different experience. I'm not internationally. Those tickets are like 10 grand. Okay, <laughs> I have flown first class internationally before and I'm just what? curious. I didn't this time. I've flown it before. You know, you got the miles, American, all the thing. It is, I'm not going to say it's worth every penny because it's a lot of pennies, but I'm just going to say it's nice. From from what I've seen on like, you know, random videos on online, it does look very nice, but it also sometimes strikes me as like, you know, I could get this same experience at like, it, you know, just a, a, a nice like hotel, you know, <laughs> not for, for $8,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, or I could just sit in a seat for, 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 for four hours. Here, here's my, here's my issue with plain sleep. If, if you guys don't mind. I don't mind, please. I can, 
the the problem is no one no airline has designed a plane that has adequate solution for where your head's supposed to go if you don't have a window to prop that head on it's just bobbing around there and you keep waking yourself up now i have seen i don't have the do you not know about the headrest Corners, don't they, they, they don't, don't work. It depends on how tall you are, where you lay, or whatever. Like you just can't. They go get up and down. I know they do, but they literally are just not the worst. I I bought a special pillow for this trip. I'm returning it. It sucked. It was terrible because I'm the- a window guy <laughs> for this exact reason that you can just lean your head on the oh, side of the plane. I'm an aisle girl, hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I go window because I want to sleep. But mm-hmm. he, I I was on a plane one time and a guy took off his belt. Okay, Oof. and mm-hmm. he put it around the back of the headrest. <laughs> around his forehead oh wow so the belt so the (gasps) belt was keeping his head in place so that he could close his eye because i'll do the thing where i close my eyes my head's just like bobbing bobbing up and down it's terrible you you just keep waking yourself he's strapped in he strapped (laughs) his head to the seat with his belt and and like i sometimes i'm like i wish i didn't have the pride to to prevent myself from doing that That because it looked like he slept that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you like, see the the clip of the lady who bought three seats together yes. in the middle of plastic wrap? And then once they took off, she got out her saran wrap and wrapped all three. I'm going, if I'm the person behind I'm them pissed. or in front, no. because you're putting your saran wrap on my seat. Yes. Why would like if I'm sitting in front of you? She made her own little she first class. She wanted to make cave. herself like a little a little cave a privacy cabin, like first class. So she wrapped <laughs> the entire perimeter of all three seats to make a little apartment. Which I have to ask, is buying three seats really that much cheaper than just buying one first class ticket? That's a good point. That's a good question. But listen, also, this this guy was on my plane last night. His wife and his son were sitting behind me and apparently he got upgraded. So he was in first class. But the entire flight, he came back and hung out with them. I literally was like, sir, if mm-hmm. you want, I'll trade you seats. You can sit here next to my daughter. She's lovely. I will go up to first class. <laughs> like, I'll leave her to go up there because you're apparently not enjoying this. He kept walking back and forth, back and forth. Really bothered mm-hmm. me. I was like, sir, leave your wife and kids. Go enjoy it or give it to her. Just somebody I'm, I'm take sorry. it. That's the, that's the yeah. move. I can't believe he didn't give her the upgrade. They switch sometimes. But it just was a lot of switching. And it was just, I just was just like, this is too much. Somebody go lay how, down what, and take a nap. How long was that flight? Like where were Nine you hours. From? Oh, that's a, okay. That was the what second was flight. Was it Amsterdam? Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Houston. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam mm-hmm. to. So Tabby. you drove to Houston? No, I flew out Houston. of Atlanta to meet the team on the way there. We were supposed to fly to Atlanta. That flight got delayed. I wouldn't have gotten home till like midnight. They switched me to Houston. I rented a car and drove home. While my daughter That's slept, while my daughter hours. slept the whole time. Yeah, three hours. Yeah, yeah. Got you. At one point, my wow. the car. You know, the cars, the new cars these days. It'll say like it gives you like a warning or something. Driving home, this is so terrible. From Houston yesterday, a. a caffeine a cup of coffee come came up on the screen and said and the car told me you should stop for caffeine it literally told me that and i'm like how do you know i'm so tired maybe i'm swerving all over the road <laughs> yeah maybe it was like you need some coffee you this need to bad. stop man before you get a wreck but i made it home safely. Maybe, was it a thing of like every two hours no after i think a certain literally time of day? i was just i wasn't sleeping but uh, maybe i wasn't at my best because my, my yes. car has has a camera inside the cabin. And if I'm not looking at the road or if I'm not as alert, it's it'll not, like... It wasn't that nice of a car. Like it'll yell at me. No. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm here. We're so glad. By the way, I don't like that feature. It's rude. I'm like, mind your business. Yeah, exactly. I'll have coffee when I want coffee, car. Last time I checked, you're a car. You're going to be lucky if you get... You know what? I'm not going to give you gas. How do you like that? 
you're going to go without gas, and I'm, I haven't checked your oil. <laughs> to be honest, I think ever. So keep it up, car. So don't tell me what to do. There's yeah. other things yeah. we can talk about. Jesse, I heard that I I heard a couple of days ago speaking of cars that you finally have parted ways with your old truck that you've had for 15 years i did i, I can't did. believe this oh wow i know were well, you sad uh, did you love that truck or did you hate that truck i was pretty indifferent about the truck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no the problem was as i've mentioned on this podcast i've you know they've become very involved in the in the local little league uh, uh situation which involves carting around a lot of kids and so we needed oh. a third row you know we needed a vehicle where i could i could we could get more you know, you can't just stick you them think, in the back of the, the kids, truck. Yeah, so think of all the kids you can stick in the back I of the truck. I still love doing that as a kid. <laughs> Who's saying I didn't do that? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, but but yeah, I, I I parted ways, and we we have a we have a new a new vehicle, a, a Volkswagen Atlas, which which we've been enjoying. Um, but but yeah, I was you know I'm not real sentimental about cars. Yeah, mm. like I I don't I don't really get to it. My 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 dad growing up had, had a had a used car lot. And, mm. you know, so we had different cars all the time. So I just never got, never got too attached, but I, but the truck held up well. I was saying you when know, somebody I, has a truck, as long as you had that truck, I, I thought surely it's just because he just loves his no, truck. No. It, it was, it was laziness and indifference. Uh, two <laughs> factors that play into, I would say most decisions I make in my adult life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you didn't like name yeah. the truck, have like a whole story for it or anything. Laziness, indifference, <laughs> convenience. That is my triune of decision-making. What's the most, what's the least amount of work? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you, you know, what, what, you know, how much little thought or work do I need to put into something? And usually that's, that's, that's why I'm making the call. And that's what happened with the truck. I do have one, one, I was talking to the guy because I did it. I did it on Facebook Market. I sold it on Facebook Marketplace. Oh. Okay, um, and, and it sold with within an, an hour. I had I had someone. I, I assume you know, there's not many cars on Facebook Marketplace. So you know, you, you assume there's a lot. Really? You assume yeah. incorrectly. Yeah, Oof, I yes. had I had it up for an hour before I had someone. Tell, anyway, so the guy comes to my house, and you know, I, this is the only time Cameron to mention to to, to that I felt sentimental. You know, and I was like, hey, you know. Um, uh, just out of curiosity, you know, who's, who's the truck for, you know, the guys we, we got to chatting, you know, he's a family man and he's like, Oh, my sister has a bunch, has some property up on the Eastern shore and the driveway is really long and it's really a hassle for her to haul the garbage to the, to <laughs> the curb. <laughs> and so we needed a truck that once a week could, uh, I could fill with garbage and take it up a wooded driveway. I'm like, hold on. You, you could have just said it's for my sister. You it didn't have to right tell there. me that the sole reason you want this truck is to haul garbage up and down a driveway. Like the truck is becoming it, it, it less than a garbage truck. They, they are just tossing raw garbage in it and driving <laughs> it up. It's not even going anywhere. It's not even doing, it's not like, yeah, at least it's going back and forth to some cool, you know, recycling center. They're just going, they just don't want to cool walk up the driveway. <laughs> well, well, something, something, you, you, just because you don't want to walk it up a driveway. So you're using a truck that I've, that I've spent hundreds of hours of my life in that, uh-huh. I, that I brought my kids home from the hospital in is a glorified, you know, just garbage truck to you. It's a wheelbarrow. Deals now. off. Yeah. Deals off. Yeah. Was there a part of you that really wanted to say like deals off? Cause I would be like, you know what? Actually, I, I have a different offer. 
Well, up until I realized I would have to repost it and go through that whole asshole again. I'm like, yeah, you know, again, again, the triune of laziness, convenience, sure, sure. and indifference kicked in. And, One out, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and he pulled a giant wall of cash out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that helped too. When he, yeah. when, when he told me this was a cash interaction, I'm yeah. like, all right, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. That eased your sorrows just a little bit. Life goals to be at the point in your life where you have so much property that you need to buy a truck just to haul trash once a week. I yeah, mean, that's like. Really? Again. Again, I don't know if it was even that far. <laughs> I'm assuming, but that's just an assumption. Maybe he's buying it just because of your exact reason for keeping it so long. Laziness and convenience. Uh, and convenience and indifference. And yeah. indifference. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Henry and Alex Seeley. They are the pastors of the Belonging Co. in Nashville. You probably know the Belonging Co.'s worship. Uh, they're one of the leading worship churches in the country. Um, the likes of Carrie Job and Natalie Grant and others uh, lead there. Uh, but uh, Alex and Henry Seeley are the pastors and they're joining us today. Also, uh, we have your feedback at the end of the show. And right now, stay tuned. Up next, it's Relevant Buzz. to Beck and Phoenix. The song is Odyssey. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Guys, hold on. Before we get to this, I I haven't thought about this and I was hesitant. I'm hesitant to even say it, but it's an ethical dilemma. And you guys let me know if I was in the wrong here. If this was manipulative, okay? Um, Again, I would never have thought twice about this, but since we're talking about the car sale... (laughs) Because it was done through Facebook, it's linked to a Facebook account, right? right. So I was just curious. And, and the person's co- the guy's coming to my house, okay, right. for, for the car. And so I'm going to I'm gonna go on his profile and just learn a little bit about him, you know, really? just to see who I'm dealing with here. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. clicked on his profile, yes. kind of click it. Jamie, you would do this, right? If someone's coming to your 100%, house to, yes. to buy a car. If they're showing right? up to your house, yeah. 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 I've and, never and, sold and anything on this thing, so I, I I don't know. Okay. So it wasn't like I was suspicious. It was more or less kind of curiosity. Who's this okay. person? For sure. Sure. So I went on his profile and 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 kind of was just perusing around. Seemed like a normal guy, a family man. Um, but I saw a lot <laughs> saw a lot of Bible verses. Okay. Uh <laughs> he seemed to be active in his church. Okay. Good. I want and he wanted to I knew he's gonna come and test drive it first, like take it around, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted him to know that I'm an honest guy and that he's dealing with another believer, but put a Bible because in it. Th- 
Super. No, but I I I pre-tuned the radio. <laughs> <No>. you should, <laughs> I I pre-tuned the radio to the Christian station. Love it. And, yes, you and, did. And, and turned it up so that when he started yes, it did. up, it, he would it would even though. Real talk. I don't listen to Christian radio, in my car. <laughs> but I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't like salesmanship, hey, brother. You're, you're but again, selling a dream. What, you're selling was that a vision. Spiritually manipulative, or no. was it a way that I could just let him know? Look, I'm honest. Dude, like you're dealing with a, you know, somebody. You you clean up the house before you have guests. You, I mean, like it's. But again, be- but again, this wasn't me cleaning up the car, <laughs> right. which I did. Right. This was me pre-tuning the radio to the Christian station. Okay, you have, your I, friends coming over for like dinner. A wink wink like a little wink wink like hey yeah we're 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 the same yeah. you know yeah, like, that's great. what i was trying christians to looking do, out for christians yeah. you should have worn a t-shirt from like your church softball league or something you know like I, you know I, I i thought about it but but either way um uh you know you guys tell me was he that, rings, was he that rings s- the doorbell and you come and you're like oh so sorry we were just having family prayer is, time is, is it a know? gray area of of because it wasn't really pre-toned to that i did it right before he came over <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great. I, think it's I thought great. you were going to say like you wrote like a Bible verse out and like put it on the no, sticky no, note. No, no, you added a Jesus fish sticker to the back of the car. No, no, no. This was more subtle. This, but I did turn I it up. I think it's great. I, I did perfect. turn it up so it was unavoidable. Okay. <laughs> no, so, yeah, you're I, in the clear. But I will say this. When he returned from the test drive, the radio was on a different station. Mm. So this is Seinfeld now. So maybe he doesn't this love God putty. as much as you yeah. think no, he does. No, no, I mean, we, we, ended up, we ended up talking about our, our churches later. Uh, we, okay. We, you know, it, but yeah, I, I, again, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, I, maybe I'm overthinking this. My question is, if you're taking a quick test drive in a vehicle and the yeah. person has the radio tuned to a certain station and you don't want to hear it, you just turn it down. Why would he change the station? That is actually very strange. Yeah. Remember, this is just to be, this truck is only going to be used to haul garbage up and down the driveway. I don't even, I don't even think he's turning on the, the stereo. Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. Again, I haven't really thought about this since a few weeks ago when I sold the truck. But uh, <laughs> now that you guys bring it up, it's, you know, it's a difficult situation to, to reconcile here. Yeah. Sorry, no, man. it's it's not spiritual manipulation. I this will make you feel better. I had a friend who used to keep a Bible in her glove compartment so that when she would get she pulled, pulled over, over when yeah. she would get pulled over and she wow. had to give her insurance, she would pull out her Bible, hand it to the officer and say, Oh, sorry, can you hold this? While then she grabbed her insurance. Hundred percent. Okay, that might be spiritual manipulation. Oh, it right was. There. But she got pulled over a lot, so she kind of needed some some help on yeah, her side. That, wow. That's borderline using the Lord's name. Babe. But I will yeah. say, speaking of this scenario, I was moving I, years ago. I had uh, I was interning at Relevant in Florida, and so I had all my my school stuff. I was still in college, and and I was taking courses like remotely because I was living in Florida. Anyway, um, I one of the class at the time. This is how this ages me, but also even at the time it was very dated, but it was ORU at not a great time. Anyway, you, if you were taking correspondence classes, you had VHS tapes. Okay. Oh, the, wow. the lectures were on VHS tapes. And <laughs> wow. I had really? to take, yes, I, and just and, to be clear to everybody, this is in the two thousands. This isn't the 1990s or eighties yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so. Exactly. This is, DVDs this is, were definitely a thing at this point. DVDs. Yeah. This yeah. Was, yeah, exactly. And so was the internet. Okay. It wasn't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but this was way, not 1973. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, this was like 2005. Oh, or you but was. either way. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ORU paused in 1973 for about 40 years. <laughs> about 40 years. Uh, they're yeah. they're out of that pause now in they a are. big they way, are. but but when he and I were there, it was a retro experience. It, 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 that's, it, it, that's it's like sure. how Steve Martin paused at the age of like 55 when he was like in his early 20s and just paused <laughs> at 55. Like that was like, oh, are you pausing in 1973? It just uh-huh. didn't age. Either way. So I'm driving back from, from Florida up to Virginia and I have all my stuff in my car, but in my front seat is a. It, there were so many of these VHS tapes, and they, I had to take Bible classes through Christian college, and it was survey of New Testament, and it was I put them like in like a gym bag in my front seat, and I had all my stuff. Anyway, driving, get pulled over, and at the time, Cameron, you you knew me well back then. I, I kind of had longish hair. I it wasn't the most uh, um, reputable looking young man, mm. and I got pulled over. He uh, liked the all, emo. He liked he liked the the yeah. the ska. It, oh, <laughs> no, I was thinking you had like a puka shell necklace, like that kind of vibe. Uh, he did. He not not during this incident. Okay, but I'm okay, sure. Okay. There, I'm sure there was. I'm, I'm sure at some point I owned one. But either way, <laughs> I'm driving. I got out of state plates. I got kind of a mangy looking dude. I get pulled over in in like South Carolina or Georgia, and the cop is very convinced that I have illegal substances that I'm trafficking through the state. Like no he is, wow! He, he, like he actually, you know, I mean, he says that right. He's like, I know there's there's things in this car. He's like, I'm going to actually ask you if I have your permission to search the car, and if you say no, then it gives me probable cause. Because why <gasps> would you say no? So he's like, true? we can do it the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. That's the easy manipulative. Way that, I, well, he goes, the easy way is I search your car. The hard way is we get dogs out here and you're stuck on the side of the road. I'm like, well, dude, search away, search away. I was a clean living guy. Anyway, the first thing he does, he's like, can I look in this gym bag here? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> he unzips it and he sees Oral Roberts survey of New Testament, about 15 volumes of VHS tapes. Goes, I'll never forget. He goes, son, are these your, uh, he was very uncomfortable. Are these your, uh, religious tapes i'm like yes sir i watch them all the time they're my favorite thing to watch <laughs> he was like all right just slow down <laughs> every ticket i got in high school i i played up the church kid angle as well like yeah. turning on the christian station as they walk up to the car so they can hear the christian music playing or i get pulled over where are you where are you going well we were just leaving youth group at church you know just and delivering I kinda, supplies just, wow just definitely wow. every conversation yeah. was making them know i'm a good christian kid like i i'm sorry i was going too fast kind of a thing. here's what i learned from your story jesse is if you do want to transport drugs you know across the state lines yeah. just put it in a bag full of like religious tapes yep. and then 100%. you're good to go it, it, yep. Because Call I think a lot of VHS in- cover, just <laughs> yeah. fill it with a brick of cocaine and you're yeah, good. I think, yeah. yeah. I think even for someone who might be a Christian, encountering someone with a gym bag full of religious <laughs> VHS tapes, it's a, it just makes it's, you a little uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I don't really know. me uncomfortable right him. now. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. meeting somebody who carried that around their front seat because they yeah. love it so much. I just, I never, they never leave my side. I never know when I want to pull over and just pop in a new lecture on the, on the, on the, on the book of, First Peter, you know, uh, <laughs> who hasn't been there, officer? All right, it's time for oh all of them, Buzz. Uh, tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week, Emily. Um. Okay. We speaking of just bad Christian manipulation. Uh, oh a Sacramento mm. restaurant has found itself at the center of this scandal involving uh, the hiring of a priest to uncover any wrongdoings committed by its staff. So um, this a restaurant. Yeah. A restaurant hired a priest to come in and 
basically coerce their staff into confessing their sins. Uh, so things <sighs> like, like showing up late or theft or speaking ill of managers, different things like that. Um, and obviously super illegal. Uh, the Department of Labor has gotten involved. Um, there were a few other uh, potential labor law violations, including like denial of overtime pay using employee tip pool to pay managers, different things like that. So um, there's this big scandal going on. But the one that really drew our attention was the fact that they yeah, brought this priest in to confess the sins of workers. So apparently the management was wow. pretty shady and not yeah. paying everything they should be paying. And so they were already, they had unhappy staff. And then to squash the the, <laughs> the, the up, uprising, they brought in a priest and forced everybody to meet with the priest to confess their sins at the restaurant. Yeah. That is so funny to me. I'm having trouble seeing what the problem is. <laughs> Father, forgive me. I've been over delivering and working too hard here. Father, you know? Yeah. Well, what's so, funny wow. too is, according to the Department of Labor report, they haven't been able to like find the priest to confirm if this happened. So they don't even know if they hired a real priest or not, or if they just right. brought in a man. Oh, they definitely did to not pretend to be a priest. They found him on Facebook Marketplace, and <laughs> there it was. He's like, "Yes, I can do this." And a lot of cash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like yep. on the Office when they had to hire a nurse to for the fun run yeah. where they're doing the rabies yeah. fundraiser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to come get the check. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so don't if you if you want. Uh, you know, like Mexican food in Sacramento, stay away from what is it, Taqueria? What's it uh, called? Wait, this is a Mexican food restaurant. Taqueria Garibaldi. Yeah. Yeah, because of the oh, my oh gosh. And the other thing, didn't they didn't they also threaten like if you don't confess to the priests, like we'll, de we'll we're gonna call in like deportation oh, yeah, violations did. and stuff. Oh wow. Like, so this they forced the restaurant staff to turn. meet with this the priest. details yeah. are changing this my took a, yeah. a big turn. Yeah. 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 It wasn't a voluntary thing. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, there's a priest here today. If you want to sit on his lap and talk to him or whatever. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, threatening no. like threatening being fired, threatening being deported. So yeah. not great things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, avo I was avoid picturing this as like a little, you know, HR bonus here. Like, hey, you know, you can yeah. you can come in and, mm -hmm. and talk to HR. It's not like a mental health priest, you can service that they yeah, provide. That's what yeah. I was picturing. Yeah. yeah. These new details that you're the under threat of deportation changes it just a little. And yes. their the staff was, you know, obviously primarily immigrant and Spanish speaking and stuff like that. It's a very Catholic you know, nation. And so it's like the threat of like, I can't lie to a priest. I mean, like mm -hmm. they literally were coercing them in every possible way to, you know, trap them and get them in trouble. So, and then once they had the goods on them, then they used that to keep them trapped and working there. So it's, a, it was a terrible situation. Yeah. That yeah, had a funny I, I headline. wasn't realizing we're dealing with blackmail. Here. Yeah. It's really what it was. It was just a yeah. cool, just little a fun time to confess office. your sins of the workplace. No, no. kind of dark, kind of dark. What else is going on, Emily? Um, I know we've talked about this a lot, but it really just is a big issue we need to keep talking about. Uh, church attendance is, uh, according to a new study, still below pre-pandemic levels. Um, so in 2019, uh, about 34% of Americans were attending church. Three years after the pandemic, it's still only up to 31%. Um, mm. And it just really hasn't been growing much. Um and, you know, a lot of churches are just trying to figure out what can they do um, differently. Um, I do think it is important to note that uh, there are a lot more live stream services. Um, about 40% of people say they're still watching like online church. Um, so that is kind of affecting the numbers too, I think, of like in-person attendance versus who's at least tuning in online. But 
um, you know, it's just something that we need to keep our eye on. It's very interesting. And I wonder, like, there will be so many things that we look back from what COVID and the pandemic and everything, how mm-hmm. it changed not only like our lifestyles, but also like how we do community and how we do life. And I think this this is one that we can look back, that we'll look back on as a church and say this was so, so hard for us. I mean, even just being in Uganda this year, this last couple of weeks, dear Lord, when was I there? Like I just said this last year, this last couple of weeks, even being in Uganda recently. A uh, mere hours ago. Literally <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> literally literally so yesterday. They talked about how the pandemic has, has hurt so many of their community building things in their country. And so mm-hmm. it's worldwide. And I think it's going to be something we're going to look back and say, wow, this really, really um, affected the church. But also it's an opportunity for us to say, okay, so let's just say that it affected us, but now what do we do about it? And so I think that's interesting to see how churches are maybe combating the loss of attendance in that way. I think it's the drop is because of Jesse, like people just being lazy and getting used to being lazy. Like, I think there's more people like, like mm-hmm. convenience because like we went through COVID, everything shuts down for three months, six months, a year, depending on where you were living uh, here in Florida, it was about six or seven days, a solid six or seven hours. Days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Jamie trip to Uganda. That was uh, yeah. our COVID lockdown. Um, it was, yeah. We, we, they, there, it was, the, it was a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Actually it was a Sunday. It was my birthday, March 15th, but, yeah, no, the, uh, but yeah, so, but I think people, oh, well, we can't go to church on Sunday. And I think people just got out of the habit. And I heard, I have so many friends that we would go to church every Sunday. I mean, it was our community. We got to lunch afterwards or whatever. And they haven't been to a church in three years, you know, like, because they just got used to not going to church. And then it's just like, oh, I have two weekend days now and it's like a totally different thing. I think they just got used to it and there's no real impetus to go back. You know, can I ask this question? And I don't mean to say anything poorly about anyone that, that those are your friends that is choosing to do that. Obviously it's a lot of people. We see the statistics, but it makes me wonder, obviously going to church does not make you a Christian at all. Going to church it's just not like, oh, check, I'm in good standing with the Lord. But it is something that God is like, hey, I want you to gather with the people. It's a, it's a way to worship. It's a way to grow all the things. And so we believe in it. It makes me wonder if that percentage of people who aren't going, maybe they also are not as strong in their faith or 100%. maybe their faith is even dwindled. So oh, it was like almost like this. Here's percent. what we do because we are yeah. like Christians in America. And now it's like, well, I don't even really think I believe all this stuff well, anymore. See, but my friends, they haven't like deconstructed or anything like that. They would say all the right things, but like, is it a passionate part of their lives? Is right. their faith life robust? Is it central to their 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 lives? No. Uh, are they cultural slash intellectual Christians? Yeah. Do they still listen to Mav City music and follow yeah. Judah Smith on Instagram? Yeah. Do they still read... Lisa Turker's new devotional every morning? Yeah. Have they been to church in three years? Nope. Do they still drive around with VHS tapes of lectures <laughs> on the survey of the New Testament? No, but but I think also, uh, Jamie, to your point, I think like, I, for all the reasons you just described, Cameron, people get it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things are not going, to, going back to the way they were pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. lifestyle-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, I don't feel like that's necessarily an indictment on church goers, I think it's, it's something for churches to be like, look, 
obviously people didn't feel like we were a critical part of their lives if they can just mm-hmm. stop going one day and never return. You know, they're returning everywhere else. We're going to sports games and stadiums and air travel and back in the office and all this kind of stuff because those things felt like things people wanted back in their lives. Like, I think to some degree it's on, you know, uh, the people who lead churches to figure out, well, how, what, what can we, you know, how can we make ourselves so important to people's, to, the, to our communities that you know, people want to come back, not feel right. like obligated to, you know, I, I'll be honest and, with you. That was me right there. Cause like I was visiting churches post COVID my church actually during COVID, like the pastor left and like a whole bunch of other non COVID related reasons, the church basically imploded. And, um, coming back, I had to find a new church family and like that mm-hmm. was hard and daunting. Mm-hmm. Right. So I dragged my feet for, a year or so and I would do online church or whatever, but I just, my heart wasn't in it. You know, it felt like an obligation and because of Cohen, honestly, because of the stage of life he's entering and middle school and stuff like that. Like I was like, okay, I need to get past myself and I need Mm -hmm. to get us in church again. Right. It's an important uh, period for him. And so I kind of bit the bullet and kind of like, we just would visit around and it, it was just like been there, done that. It was just the same old, same old, right? And and so for, if you don't have a kid, like forcing you to do it, I can see why I don't need to. I can mm-hmm. fill that, fill this gap in other ways with other media and different things. But when we stumbled on the church that we've been going to for the last year and a half, and I went in for the first time, it was exactly what you were saying, Jesse. It was different. It was alive. Like the Holy Spirit was there. People were getting saved. They were doing outreach in the community. It was like they were making a difference. It was like a place I wanted to be. Like I hadn't seen church like this in years because Mm -hmm. it was like, Oh my goodness. And it opened my heart and my mind and my spiritual life again. Like it's almost like I didn't realize how calloused and almost numb I had gotten to things. And I'd become more of an intellectual faith. And it was just like my heart got opened up again. And I can't wait to be there every Sunday. It's, Mm. it's, and I hope that people can find that, you know, like in their communities, because it really is like, I see the difference in my own mental health and emotional health and spiritual health before and after like those couple of years that I was just kind of, not going or phoning it in. And then now it's just like, it's just life giving if you're in the right place, you know? So yeah. hopefully, hopefully people can find that, but barely not, not many are. V- <laughs> and not get yourself some VHS tape, just pop them in on Sunday morning and you know, yeah. Try to get back when you can. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. What else? Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, just the rising debt ceiling that is really facing everyone. But um, there's a new report that came out that honestly really shocked me. Uh, The average millennial has over $78,000 of debt that they are facing. Like, does it break it down? Like, is that a mortgage? Because that is a very low mortgage. Are you talking about like consumer debt? Car, student loans, credit cards? Yeah, car, student loans. Mm -hmm. um, And even sometimes just like unexpected expenses that they've had to like use their credit card debt for put on their credit card, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Just a lot. It doesn't mention mortgage specifically, but um, pretty much other loans and um, just credit card debt is what is really facing. And a lot of it is because of like inflation and rising interest rates, but not necessarily rising wages. Um, And again, when you're already having to pay off these student loans or your mortgage or different things like that, like it just, it's piling up more and more. Um, And so many um, millennials are just saying like they feel like they will never be debt free in their life that um, you know I think it was 
what was it, 29% said that they think they could maybe last two months being debt free and then they'd have to start accumulating debt again just because of to keep up with their lifestyle. Wow. 78,000. Hmm. That's not a small amount of money. No, that's a, that's a significant amount. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I, there's a lot, like you said, Emily, like a lot of factors in play mm-hmm. too, but I think it's also a generation where debt sort of normalized mm-hmm. as well. Like it, there wasn't, it wasn't stigmatized. And I, I think, again, that's for a variety of factors, but I think one of them was marketing, you know, like student loans were, you know, the, the first stop you made when you, you know, went to go visit a school yeah. was in the, you know, uh, like, slave department. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. And to figure out what, what they can do, the debt was so normalized that, you, you know, you didn't really care about the terms. It's just, oh, everyone gets a student loan because mm-hmm. how else am I going to pay for that? Or, you know, same thing with credit cards or mm-hmm. car loans or, or whatever, it, you know, it was, it had become so normalized that I think a lot of people got comfortable to the point where their lifestyles depended on literally living above their means. Now, you throw an accelerating factor into it, like a housing crisis or a pandemic that causes rises in inflation, and you can see how that can quickly sort of snowball. But I do think, you know, the only way to kind of change that is to not like stigmatize debt, but but certainly approach, you know, have an approach that isn't as casual as it seems to be now, you know? Yeah, it is interesting. I feel like so many people I know, it's just like, we just assume debt is part of our lives. Like the amount of my friends that we sort of joke, but we're not really joking about like, yeah, we'll probably never own a house because like Mm -hmm. we just have so much, you know, we have other things that we'll have to pay off and things like that. Um, And I do think it has become normalized and um, it is not a fun place to be as a young adult, like thinking about like how debt is just getting worse and worse. But, um, what was the number for Gen Z? What was Gen Z? It was like something like Gen Z is like 30 something thousand right now. Uh, Gen Z is just a little bit under 10,000, which considering the fact that the oldest Gen Z is like 26, like that's still, that's $10,000 is a lot for Mm -hmm. a 26 year old or younger. Or younger. And again, that's average. So could be more, could be less. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, financial literacy is something that we probably should emphasize a little bit more other than just offering Financial Peace University and nothing else. You know, like there's got to be another conversation to be had about this. Hmm. Yeah. If only we were in media and we could like Hmm. lead some of these conversations. Let's let's do that. All right. Well, there's a lot more that came from. Check out uh, relevantmagazine.com every weekday where we're covering the intersection of faith, culture and everything in between. All right. Thanks, Emily. All right. Stay tuned up next. Henry and Alex Seeley join us. listening to Oscar Lang and Wallace. The song is I've Never Been to LA. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. 
for just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. For our guests today are Henry and Alex Seeley. They're the founders and pastors of The Belonging Co. in Nashville. Emily, who attends church there, sat down with them to hear more about the origin of the church and why they're so passionate about helping others create community and also the pretty awesome worship stuff that's happening there. Here's our conversation with Henry and Alex Seeley. to know like you know where do you feel like the church is at right now and um what are the things that we're we're dealing with both both good and bad yeah yeah i mean we you know we've obviously we have had a lot of conversations alex and i together uh with our team just in light of things that have been happening uh in the global church body right now uh you know i think it's easy for people to 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 get fixated and and uh you know really tripped up by the things that we see and we should pay attention to those absolutely I, I hope that we all can learn from those things uh, but in the context of the global church you know I think God is doing incredible things and the church is doing incredible things across the earth and even though there may be some small pockets where you know things aren't going as we would all hope they would be going you know the, there is definitely some very uh, positive uh, things that are happening you know in our church in many churches across the earth and so I think there is it's a good season for the church to pay attention, you know, for leaders to pay attention, for people to pay attention uh, to what God is is doing. And I believe God's, you know, He's getting our attention right now. And he, I think in His grace and His mercy and His kindness towards us, He'll do everything that He can to, you know, to help us not fall off the cliff. Uh, and I, I believe that God is arresting our hearts across the earth that we would get back to, you know, really what's important and uh, it doesn't mean that you throw out everything that you're doing and everything that you see along the way, but just making sure that those fundamental things are in place. And that, you know, the, the reason that we're doing these things is not for ourselves, it is for God, it is to glorify Him and to really to live out, you, you know, the calling of the Great Commission to go and make disciples, to go and heal the sick, to go and see the lost saved and see the, you know, the blind eyes open spiritually and physically, you know, all of those things that are entailed in that. And, you know, getting back to that, that core mission of what we're all about. You know, I am curious, like just all of these years in ministry, why do you feel like people struggle so much with finding a community? Yeah. Yeah. I think, gosh, it's it's so the assignment of the enemy to divide and conquer. You know, if he can get you isolated, he can, you know, work wonders with you and your mind. And I think, again, we, we have to fight this in every generation. I even think about my own life when I was a young adult, single and going to church. There was this fear that I would be rejected. You know, like I would go to this, I went to a big church, you know, when I was young. And I remember thinking, why isn't anybody coming towards me? And I think sometimes we get a false idea that church uh, needs to be everything that we ever imagined it to be. But actually the responsibility is on us. I believe church is there and we've got a bunch of crazy people, broken people, great people, strong people. Um, But honestly, the I've had to come to the the realization that 
the church is there for us to be a part of. It's not there for us to draw from. You know, church is a two-way street. And and I think if we can provide the environment, hey, this is a safe place. This is a place where we meet to celebrate God. But also, you get to find your community of people. And that's not going to mean the whole church. I think we get into this false narrative of, I have to know the whole church. But, you know, if you work in a big organization, you're not going to know everyone in your organization, right? You're going to know the few people that you go to lunch with or you work in your area with. And the church is the same. And so we've just really tried to facilitate, hey, guys, we're going to make it as safe as possible. But the onus is on you to get involved, to get part of a co-group, to start to serve. Like we're going to make it as easy as we can for you. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to put yourself out there. And I think it's getting harder because we have a generation now that's behind screens. We don't know how to actually talk face to face anymore. We don't look in people's eyes. Everything's on a computer. It's a text. It's it's an app. And I think we've got to work extra hard to go, hey guys, if you want people in your life, you're going to have to put yourself out there and then know it's a little uncomfortable, but The only way we're going to do life well is in community because that's how God designed it. Do y'all have um, just a message that you feel like young adults need to hear right now or any sort of encouragement? Wow. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. That's a big question. I I honestly think more than ever, I think young adults right now, they they want authenticity. They want to see that Jesus is reflected as the real Jesus. But if I could say anything to young adults is that pursue the Word of God and the presence of God relentlessly because if you seek Him, you'll find Him. Yeah. I think if I can add to that, you know, I, if I look back over my 30 years of walking with Jesus, you know, there's been many times, especially in the early days where I got offended by things or, you know, things people said or ways that I felt that I'd been treated. Uh, and, you know, some things that leaders even said to me at times that I got offended by uh, and felt rejected by, but I missed the fact that actually they weren't trying to reject me. They were trying to correct me. And because in my immaturity, I didn't understand that at the time. And I, you know, I understand that, you know, some people have encountered, uh, you know, actual church hurt and church abuse. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, church hurt is a word, you know, is a phrase that is getting thrown around like crazy right now. And and listen, if, if you are hurting, I'm not saying that what you're feeling is invalid, but I do want to tell you this, anything any, anything, any relationship in life has the potential to hurt you. You know, like that is that is part of being vulnerable with people. Uh, and sometimes we get offended by things along the way. And sometimes it's just that we've misunderstood. We live in a generation right now where the enemy is working overtime to uh, to facilitate and you know enable this uh, overly offendable uh, society. You know, that's the society that we live in. Everybody's offended about something. You know, we we I, I 
I don't believe in that. You hurt my feelings. You offended me when you said that. You know, this person's getting canceled. That's getting canceled. And, you know, if we buy into that, especially as believers, we actually shortchange ourselves Mm -hmm. and shortcut ourselves from stepping into the maturity that God has for us because we're going to spend our lives on the sideline carrying a fence rather than realizing, actually, that person probably wasn't trying to reject me. And even if they were... Let me learn from that situation. You know, let me learn what I can and grow from it because honestly, I am the person that I am today um, because I've walked through the hard moments and the hard times and learned how to bring it to God and say, God, I don't understand this. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that it was right, but actually bring a maturity that we can stand up on on the truth of the gospel and unashamed of the gospel, not fearful, not having to, you know, pick it for the sake of the gospel to actually show the gospel through love because Mm -hmm. we're not insecure about our faith. We actually understand that the word of God is the roadmap to the most blessed life that you can ever, you know, live. And sometimes that's going to offend our flesh, but we've got to realize God sees a bigger picture than we do. And so I would encourage you today, you know, if you feel offended, if you've got some sort of offense that you're holding on to, that's a poison that's not hurting anybody else but yourself. And it doesn't mean that what happened to you was right, but I do believe that the power of the Holy Spirit, God can heal your heart and help you to move on from that pain and step into the best days of your life. So receive that today. That was Henry and Alex Seeley. Make sure to check out The Belonging Co. Their worship is incredible. You can get it wherever you get your music. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. Sleeping with disease, I went mouse mode for the cheese. You went rat mode, you a snitch. Took the back road, now we rich. Now we educated and we celebrated. Check the reputation in my presentation. I didn't demonstrate it, I did dedication. Now they follow me, trying to replicate it. I was devastated, underestimated. Bring it back home like it's renovated. I was irritated, unmotivated. Math wasn't math and wrong calculations. I had tribulations with no visitations. I had limitations that are innovative. Had the gold pro, I couldn't go basic. Had to run it up when gold chasing. Never felt pain, had to embrace it. Never pissed pause, cause the you're listening to Too Live, bruh. song is Run It Up. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for your feedback. So last week we got, I don't know why we were talking about TikTok videos, uh, but we asked you for your favorite kind of weird TikTok videos, send it in, we'll play them. And we were watching them and we realized 
you have to watch these. This is not a <laughs> audio experience. <laughs> like we're watching a person fill a dump tr toy dump truck, Tonka truck with nachos. Like we can't exactly play that on the podcast. So uh, if you want to see the videos that y'all sent in, go check out the mentions at, Re at relevant podcasts on Twitter. Um, anyway, so this week's editorial question of the week. We were talking about Christian manipulation, getting out tickets, things like that. Not Christian manipulation in a bad way. We're not talking like abuse. Okay. We're talking about little things that we've like all done way. or experienced to kind of let the other person know, like, I'm a good person to get out of trouble or to soften a situation or something like that. So, uh, Jesse pre-programming his truck to cater to his Christian buyer, uh, me, you know, telling every officer that's ever pulled me over that I was just driving home from church, that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, so hit us up on Twitter and let us know the funniest or most egregious Christian manipulation, but don't, <laughs> I'm not talking about pastoral I think these are abuse make us here. Feel a little uncomfortable, maybe like a little Christian wink, wink. You know, I feel a like little, that's what yeah. yeah, a little Christian culture. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I had a girl in my youth group when Gosh. I was in teen, when I was. In I high had one school, too. Tell me, <laughs> tell me that God told her grandmother that her and I would be married. Now I'm not. I wouldn't marry her grandmother. And that's your wife that today. Would, spoiler alert: I didn't marry this individual. Uh, so <laughs> I think I don't know who, who grandma was hearing from. But, wow. Uh, I, I feel bad for girls in youth groups with how many lame guys have told them, by the way, God told me you're going to be my wife. Like, how does she get out of that? Like, sorry. Can I tell you the worst spiritual manipulation that was yes. ever done on me? That is not yes. like a bad story of a pastor or whatever. But yeah. I broke up with this guy and one of my reasons, legit, it wasn't like God told me, it wasn't like I'm going to date Jesus, all those things. It was legitimately like I had just become a Christian and he was not a Christian. And I'm like, I think I just need, it's not working, right? Yeah. So break up. Um, he comes to my house with a Bible in hand and said he wants to talk to to me and he brought a he had to have just gone and unwrapped that from the local life way because i never seen a bible in his hand ever before but he comes to my house with a bible and said he wants to talk to me that is spiritual manipulation right that's pretty good yeah that's yeah. a good yeah. move the, the, the i didn't worst, get back with him the worst <laughs> though because i encountered this going to a christian college I, I encountered i saw this out in the wild you know somebody one in the member wild. of the couple telling the other that God told them that they needed to break up. Yeah. I don't, even if you genuinely feel like that, this is a pro tip for anyone dating out there. Even if you genuinely feel like that, don't put this on God. Okay. Because then it's like, wait, that person's getting break up by two people. First, they don't, they're not going to have a boyfriend. God's rejected anymore. me too. Se second, yeah. they're like, so you're telling me God's breaking up with me? Like, it, 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 just yeah. don't play that card. Just go into, I know it's uncomfortable. No one likes it, but no one likes having a breakup. But there's, do not play the God yeah. card in that situation. The God card doesn't bother you as much as the, I'm just going to be mm -hmm. dating Jesus. Yeah. And then they end up getting with Chad about six weeks later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like It usually means there's a Chad mm -hmm. around the corner He's right there. Uh -huh. Because what they're insinuating there is that when they inevitably move on to their next relationship, that them and Jesus broke up. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's true. I mean, that's what that's they're saying. True. That's what, that's what the implication, you know, I gave Jesus I a couple a months who, and then yeah. I was yeah, done. I, t I told him, I told I him, to to Jesus, I Jesus, I talked to your dad. He doesn't want us to be together anymore. <laughs> Jesus, I talked yeah. to your dad. He told us. No, I had a friend who, God, your dad called me. That's the implication. Who, you know? His girlfriend broke up with him because she said she felt like she was called to the life of Paul, you know, supposed to be single. Um, and then a year later, she was already engaged. So I guess that life was pretty short-lived. Yep. Um, but 
yeah, just never a good idea to like use scripture or God as as a reason. I, only if you're trying to sell a car or get out of a ticket. That's the only two times it's okay. Yeah. I was praying. I was praying about our relationship. Mm-hmm. I really feel like God's telling me that you're called to singleness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't argue with it's it. It's not me. It's you. It's, God wants yeah, you to be single. It's not me. He's calling you to it. He's calling me That's to date Chad while you <laughs> are being called to singleness. It is what God yeah, wants. I mean, I'm sorry. We can't argue oh, with man. this. I, I mean, I love you. Yeah. I would love to keep dating but, oh, you, but God, be obedient. you told me that you need to not date me. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, this is my cross to bear. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, this happened to Paul when he was in high school, too. And that's why, you know, look at him. He turned out fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, it didn't end well, technically, on for his earthly life. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So hit us up uh, on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us your version or your experience of that, I, that Jamie, thing. Jamie, I appreciate when I say something that makes you uncomfortable, which I feel like is at least once an episode. At least once a show. Yeah. That you've learned to just lean back from the mic entirely, so yeah. that even there's no audio proof. Yeah, there's no audio proof that she was even on the plausible line. deniability that you reacted at all. If she was still on the mic, they could identify her breathing patterns or something like and that. Laughing, that she was, like this is what I've learned. I just like I just stopped talking, so then nothing's put on me. But now I feel like my <laughs> laughter is going to get. They're going to call me into the principal's yeah, office because of my laughter. So now I, I'm just I, like I, move yeah. back. all right Uh, but before we wrap things up I want to thank Henry and Alex Seeley for joining us today make sure to check out the Belonging Co's amazing worship albums wherever you get your music it's worth adding to your worship rotation that great stuff we are looking to hire right now a couple positions the first one we're looking to hire is if you are a freelance audio or video editor we want to hear from you Uh, if you're listening to the show right now and you do what we do we're looking to add you to the team, um, not only to work on this show, but other shows that we have in the pipeline, uh, plus social media clips and some other stuff. So hit us up. You can check out all the information at relevantmediagroup.com. That's where we post our job listings and you can apply right there. There's also some other uh, positions like social media content manager and some other stuff that's going to be happening in the next couple of months. But uh, right now, looking to hire audio and video editors. So um, hit us up if you're good at what you do. Hey, um, make sure to check out the summer issue of Relevant. We told you about it on the last couple shows, but it is out now. Uh, it's an exciting issue. Lauren Daigle is the cover story. You don't want to miss that one. It's, it's really vulnerable and a really great story. Uh, but we also have like faith leaders like Christine Kane and Judah Smith in the issue. We have Naomi Rain and Arizona and a bunch more. It is available for free. Just click on the magazine tab at relevantmagazine.com. You can read everything there. If you'd like the beautifully designed enhanced edition, it's part of Relevant Plus. You can subscribe to Relevant Plus and get ad-free unlimited reading at the website, an ad-free version of this podcast. Like I said, our digital magazine and a lot more. Plans start as low as $250 a month. And you can find out all the information by clicking our, the R plus tab right there at relevantmagazine.com. But check it out. Summer issues out now. You don't want to miss it. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Jamie Ivey. Who is back from Uganda. We're glad you're back. All right. We will see you guys on Tuesday, July 4th. Have a great weekend, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com 
and make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. I'll have coffee when I want coffee, car. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.